So, welcome to the Hypnotic Teleseminar on Overcoming Perfectionism. And I want to start this conference by saying that this teleseminar will not be perfect. (laughs) And I say that with great confidence um, because I am suffering from a cold that's moving into bronchitis and um, so I've also been uh, swapping stories, uh, exchanging notes with my husband who has um, a milder version of the same cold, and both of us have agreed that it also makes us a little spacey. Like, you know, all of a sudden it's like, oh, what was I thinking about? What was I going to (laughs) do? So this is a fun little challenge um, to, to conduct this. With all of that going on, all of that sort of you know mental noise, physical noise um, coming from those channels of my body, um, but it's also I wanted to do it for for two reasons. Now a lot of you say, well, gee, Cindy, you could have rescheduled, you could have done this when you feel better. Sure, yes, I could have, but then that would have robbed me of this experience. And I know a lot of people who are. You know, A-list um, pre- presenters. Yeah, there, there's that stutter step, right? There, that's going to happen a few times tonight. Um, A-list, A-list presenters, uh, and you know, they will. They, hey, they're booked for dates, and people pay, you know, hundreds and thousands of dollars for the tickets to see them, and they're going on. You know, and if they've got a cold or whatever, they're going on, and so this is a, a good experience for me. Um, to learn from and to learn, well, how can I, first of all, acknowledge this to you and and continue to provide a, a valuable content to you despite what's going on. Um, the other thing that ran through my mind as I was making the decision to go ahead and do this is that last month's teleseminar was on um, creating a, a stronger sense of follow through to the things that you commit to in your life. And I've committed to this. I've committed to you. And so here we are, and here we are, and we're going to have a wonderful time tonight talking about perfectionism. I've got so much information for you, and we have an extra long session tonight. Now, if you have not had the opportunity um, after this is done and when this is up on the Hypnosis Club um, web pages, and I'll send you out an email when that happens, um, there is a blog post that I wrote Um, There's another article that I'll pull out of that email and post onto um, the the website as well. And then I'm going to reference a couple of different books and articles as as we go through this information tonight. And I want uh, to make you aware of that. Those references will also be posted out on the website uh, in the Hypnosis Club when that's all up and ready. And I would encourage you to look through that material you know if you've decided to be on this call, you know whether or not you feel that perfectionism is a factor in your life and um, a factor in a negative way. You know, because like anything, uh, duality is the nature of the universe. I'm sure some of you have heard me say that again, and you'll hear me say it more um, because it's true. You know, the other side of a, of a weakness is a strength. The other side of a strength is a weakness. It depends on how it's manifesting in your life and how polarized 
your attitudes are. Now, perfectionism can bring you a lot of strength, a lot of good qualities. If you're a perfectionist, an, an outwardly focused perfectionist, you're the kind of person that people say has good attention to detail. If they want something done right, you're the person they're going to bring it to. Um, you probably pick up on things that other people don't pick up on. You're more aware of your environment. Uh, a lot of strengths that come with being a perfectionist that's not too strongly polarized. Um, on the other side of that, if, if that tendency becomes off kilter, if it takes up too much, you know, too much weight in your life, that perfectionism tendency turns into all or negative black and white thinking. And then it starts to be a problematic for both you and others in your life. Um, it starts to, to create uh, an all-or-nothing attitude, and it creates that sense of analysis, paralysis, or per, you know, procrastination, because if you can't do it right, then you aren't going to start. And one of the things that you'll hear me talk about um, again tonight is giving yourself the permission to make mistakes. Because the research shows that making mistakes is the fastest way to learn. I take a sip. I'm, I'm drinking my traditional medicinals, what do they call this? Throat coat tea. That's not a plug. But I got turned on to this by um, one of my friends who is one of those speakers, travels all over the world. Um, especially over in the in Singapore and, and the and the and the, the the Asian areas, right now he's he teaches neurolinguistic psychology, neurolinguistic programming, um, and so he travels and, and teaches a lot. And he turned me onto this throat coat tea, and it's it's a miracle. It's got a lot of licorice in it apparently, although it doesn't taste like licorice, which is good because I don't like that taste. But it really does soothe the throat. So uh, you'll hear me sipping on that. Mm. So we were discussing the fact that um, making mistakes is actually the best, the fastest way to learn. Um, uh, I have, you know, I have a 10-year-old. I have Grace, right? And um, so we, we watch a lot of kids' shows. And if you've got kids at home or even if you just like, because um, the kids' shows today, the kids' movies are so good. Um, there's one called Meet the Robinsons. We'd seen it before a long time ago when it came out, and it was on TV the other night. And the whole premise behind Meet the Robinsons is some sort of futuristic time travel thing, but you know, always with an underlying message, as these kids' shows are these days. And the main character is an inventor, um, modeled, I believe, a little bit on Walt Disney, a little bit on Thomas Edison. Um, and in any case, the, the main characters, um, he he keeps he has got a little theme, right, a little tagline, and it's it's uh, keep moving forward. And the theme of the movie is you have to make mistakes. And you really don't start learning and making progress until you're making mistakes and learning from your mistakes. And so I'm going to point you to uh, a couple of articles, um, an, a blog called The Frontal Cortex by Jonah Lehrer, and then um, a, a, another article on positive... <laughs> Oops, dogs. No, 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 no. PositScience.com. Um, <laughs> I am I'm home by myself, 
And so if I lock them up, you know, they'll bark. And if I don't lock them up, then they get into arguments over chew sticks. And I think they prefer to argue over the chew sticks rather than actually just have their own. <laughs> it's the argument that's the fun. Um, anyhow, um, referencing a couple of uh, studies, recent studies, about how a person's reaction to mistakes and subsequent feedback about the mistakes affect the learning process. I'm reading off of this one article. And uh, the net net of the research is that if you have a growth mindset, and this is based on research from Carol Dweck, and I'll mention her book, which is simply called Mindset. Uh, if you have a growth mindset that um, you can continue to learn and grow from your mistakes and that you observe mistakes not as um, a reflection on you, but as feedback from your environment, which is a basic tenet of neurolinguistic programming, um, that there is no such thing as failure, only feedback, that you are going to learn much faster than the person who sees that, um, that mistake as a retribution or as um, a reflection on you, you personally. Um, so that, that book of Carol Dweck's, now her book is about the fact that you have a mindset, whether you're aware of it or not, <clears throat> we all do, and our mindset is just simply provides a framework for how we interpret what happens to us in our daily life. So uh, things happen to us all the time, and the same things will happen to, to, to different people, or very similar things. And sometimes the very same thing because we're all involved in one large event. And how, what meaning a person takes from that and whether they learn from it and how they learn from it uh, is, is very much um, determined by the, the mindset they, that they have. That provides that frame for how that, it, that input is interpreted and given meaning in the mind. So I'm just going to read a little piece off of... Um, MindsetOnline.com, which is where Carol Dweck's book is available, and more information about how mindset affects success, and you can test your mindset here. And <clears throat> she takes the position that you can change your mindset. You can learn to have a mindset that is more uh, attuned to learning and have that growth mindset, which is the preferable mindset to have, a more, a more adaptable, more flexible mindset. Um, so from the nature of change, here is um, a little piece of information from her website. Whether they're aware of it or not, all people keep a running account of what's happening to them, what it means, and what they should do. In other words, our minds are constantly monitoring and interpreting. That's just how we stay on track. But sometimes the interpretation process goes awry. Some people put more extreme interpretations on things that happen and then react with exaggerating, exaggerated feelings of anxiety, depression, or anger, or superiority. And just, a, just an aside here from, from this quote um, that I'm reading, that uh, a, a perfectionistic attitude is very, very much goes with, um, is, is, is um, comorbid with, anxiety, depression, anger issues, and feelings of superiority. Um, so we're really talking about the same thing. We're talking about different facets, different ways of approaching the same thing. 
uh, back, to, back to her website, mindsets frame the running account that's taking place in people's heads. They guide the whole interpretation process. The fixed mindset creates an internal monologue that is focused on judging. And in quotes, this means I'm a loser. This means I'm a better person than they are. This means I'm a bad husband. This means my partner is selfish. Okay? People with a growth mindset are also constantly monitoring what's going on, but their internal monologue is not about judging themselves and others in this way. Certainly they're sensitive to positive and negative information, but they're attuned to its implications for learning and constructive action. What can I learn from this? How can I improve? How can I help my partner do this better? In other words, back to the NLP tenant that's about feedback from your environment, your internal environment, which includes your mental processes, your thoughts and your feelings, and your external environment, the results that you're getting from your work or the communication that you're getting back from other people in your life. Um, so that is from MindsetOnline.com. And it's about changing your mindset. Uh, it's an excellent book by Carol Dweck. Her research is top-notch. Um, you'll probably hear me quote um, her. See, she's done a number of different pieces of research that I find fascinating. So you'll probably hear me quote from her um, it, again in the future when we do other teleseminars. Mm. Oh, time for some. Okay. Mm. So it's about becoming more flexible, right? At the end of the day, it's about becoming more flexible to have that growth mindset that allows you to interpret the information as feedback, whether that's that internal feedback from your thoughts and your feelings or the external feedback from your environment, which means you know the results that you get at work, um, the feedback that you get from other people, the communication feedback that you get from other people. Are you getting the results that you want? And rather than interpreting it as a mistake when you get results other than what you want, interpreting that as an opportunity to change what you're putting out into the world or what you're putting into your own head, right? Those negative thoughts, stop and replace, pattern interrupt. And some of you know about that, and we'll probably have to do a teleseminar because I want all of you to know about that. Um, excuse me. <coughs> but right now isn't the time for it because we need to move along and, phew, it is exhausting having one of these nice little quilts. Um, so it's about being flexible, developing a flexible attitude. And being inflexible makes us much more vulnerable to the unexpected and holds us back from adapting successfully to changing circumstances. Being flexible, in contrast, means keeping, in essence, a younger attitude, clearer less imbued with the rigidities of habit and training. Now, there's another famous psychology experiment of the 1960s. Two groups of subjects were shown an out-of-focus picture of an object. As the picture gradually came into focus, they were invited to say what they thought it was. The picture was shown to the first group, and it was brought into focus very quickly, and they identified it as a fire hydrant even before it was fully in focus. The picture shown to the second group was brought into focus very slowly. The subjects made several wrong guesses, and even when the picture was absolutely clear, they took much longer to identify it as a fire hydrant. So what's up with that? 
It is because in the time that they had been gazing at the very blurry image, they formed all sorts of preconceptions about what it must be. And these preconceptions misled them. And they became attached to them. And the first group that had no preconceptions could arrive at the correct answer much more readily. So rigid preconceptions and fixed ideas can measurably measurably mislead us and slow down our thinking and our ability to perceive accurately. Sometimes we fall into inflexibility because of a misplaced sense of self-worth. If our self-esteem is based on a need to feel right all the time, or most of the time, we might find it hard to change our minds once we've formed a theory about something, because that feels like admitting to being wrong. Not being able to change your mind can become a dangerous trap. Acquiring mental and emotional flexibility is akin to acquiring physical flexibility. It's well known that people who don't stretch their bodies, physical bodies, you know, they become more prone to injuries, and an unexpected or sudden movement can you know, give them an injury. Mental flexibility is much the same. People who are mentally inflexible are much more prone to errors of judgment, and that has a cost. It will cost you time, money, relationships. So part of what we were talking about tonight, part of the session that we're going to do is about becoming more flexible. And it is like a skill. It is like stretching your physical muscles. You can become mentally more flexible. All of these things that we work on in these teleseminars are not things that are set in stone or there'd be no point in having a teleseminar on it. All of these things are are personality traits, characteristics, skills that are learnable, changeable. You have what's called neural plasticity. It's the the ability of your brain to change. And as you take on different behaviors that will create different feelings and different attitudes. And that's based on another group, another research, um, Daryl Bem. Um, boy, I was just writing about him, too. I'm doing another e-course, and uh, Daryl Bem, is, uh, he's still researching. Um, but in the 60s, <coughs> excuse me, he did some research um, that showed that um, you can change your attitudes, your perceptions, and your feelings by first changing your behaviors. And so that's very pertinent to the work that we're doing in all of these teleseminars is to realize a lot of people think, well, I'm not going to act that way if I don't feel it first. Guess what? If you act that way consistently, you will eventually feel in a way that's consistent with the action. And that was BEM's seminal research in the 60s. And it's, it's what's behind that phrase that maybe you've heard before, act as if. For example, the, 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 the e-course that I'm doing right now is on developing, increasing your self-confidence. And if you act as if you are more confident and determine what those behaviors are, right? And that's part of that whole course. Determine what those behaviors are that mean confident to you. And then you role play and act as if then the attitudes, the perceptions, and the feelings will change to become in alignment with that confident behavior. And so as you act as if you were a person with a growth mindset 
and ask yourself the questions, what can I learn from this? How can I improve? What does this feedback that I'm getting from my environment, internal or external, mean to me? And how can I use it to do better next time? If you are consistently asking yourself those questions when you receive feedback, and we're receiving back feedback, of course, all the time, rather than characterizing something as a mistake and then avoiding mistakes, you will develop the growth mindset that we're talking about. So, you know, it's good to have high standards for yourself, and we're talking about some of the advantages of being a perfectionist. You know, it's good to have high standards for yourself and for others up to a point, but perfectionism is ultimately a losing strategy when it gets out of hand. And you can still have the benefits of perfectionism, strong drive, determination, ambition, without the downfalls, without being absolutist, without being black and white, all or nothing. If you have perfectionistic expectations of yourself and, you, and it's that in that all-or-nothing, black-and-white, absolutist context, what you're going to do is feel constantly dissatisfied, feel constantly like you're a failure. Even when other people think that you did a great job and you're getting that feedback, you will discount it. You'll find errors with the feedback. So become aware of that tendency if you have that in your life. If you're perfectionistic and, you're, and you have those expectations of others, an outwardly focused perfectionist, you will turn into a control freak and constantly feel let down by other people, disappointed in them. And, and you know, this is, I've mentioned it before, perfectionism as a personality trait is a big predictor of clinical depression. And it's that if it's not absolutely perfect, then it's a disaster approach to life. Um, the trouble is that life is composed of shades of gray. If you expect perfection all the time, then you will always be disappointed and your self-esteem will suffer. All or nothing thinking makes you more emotional because it's how the emotional fight-or-flight part of your brain works. Of course, some things in life are simple black and white, but many things are not. And the trick is to know when to be all or nothing and when to relax and see the shades of gray so that you can give yourself appropriate credit and others appropriate credit as well. Perfectionists use up a lot of energy worrying and fretting about stuff that should have been done. They also see other people as a means to an end instead of people in their own right. And you judge people by the work that they do and see, you know, it, 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 I was t talking in my office um, just yesterday with a client about the fact that, excuse me, <coughs> In our culture, we focus so much on what we do, and we focus so much on having. And we create this, this structure that says, do so you can have, and once you've done that, you're able to be the person you want to be. And, and that be needs to be moved to the front of that equation. You need to be an authentic person who is comfortable, centered, safe, able to share with themselves, be the change that you want to see within and without. Excuse me, and without. So move the be to the front of that. So instead of do, have, be, you change that equation to be, and then you do. And when you do, 
everything that, all those actions flow out of that authentic person that you are. And then you will have, in the end, the life that makes you happy. And so, uh, one more reference before we go on um, to another book by Monica Ramirez Basco, Ph.D. The book is titled Never Good Enough, subtitled How to Use Perfectionism to Your Advantage Without Letting It Ruin Your Life. And you hear me referencing um, a few times here about a inwardly focused perfectionist versus an outwardly focused perfectionist. And that book is where that concept came from. That's the first place I've ever heard that concept. And it's a, it's an excellent um, framework um, for putting perfectionism into it. And, and that book really helped me to understand um, that tendency and that characteristic, that personality trait um, better. So, all right. Um, again, all of these references I'm going to put out so don't you don't feel like you have to be jotting down crazy notes. You know that you'll be able to listen to this again out on the, uh, the Hypnosis Club website. All of the references will be provided there as well. Um, and so um, I'm going to take a, a moment here and get ready and um, flow on into the hypnosis portion of tonight's program. So this is the time when if you need to drop the line because you're driving a car or running a chainsaw, now would be the time <laughs> to drop the line. And I won't be offended if I see a couple people fall off. If you are in a place where you can dedicate the time, you're in a place where you're safe, um, you're in a place where you can physically be relaxed, find that position with your legs, your arms, uh, resting at your side, or if your hands are, are touching or your, your body that your thumbs aren't touching. And... Uh, Close your eyes, have that phone either comfortably held to your ear or on speakerphone or headset, whatever you have available to you. Take a deep breath, close your eyes, and you're going to hear some silence for a moment while I just prepare to roll into the hypnotic portion of today's program. Okay, and now you can allow those eyes to gently close and rest, and with each breath, in and out, allow a calming relaxation to journey around your body reaching every cell and muscle taking a relaxing break from the events of the day your mind beginning to clear away any less relaxing thoughts allowing space to be filled with comforting relaxation and calm, perhaps noticing how those arms have become a little heavier as they relax deeply. 
those shoulders sinking into deeper comfort and rest. Your stomach digesting and the beautiful relaxation within, sending its warmth to every part of your body, right to the tips of those fingers and to the very end of those toes. Feeling so comfortable knowing that you can just relax so easily. Good. Getting a sense now of a beautiful path stretching out before you. And as you begin your relaxing journey along this path, becoming aware of the sound and the feel of the ground beneath your feet, perhaps gravel crunching, or the springy softness of long grass, or maybe even sand, each step sinking deep, creating a pathway of footsteps behind you. Getting a sense of the feel of the air around you as it touches your skin, allowing you to be caressed with comfort and calm. Becoming aware of the wonderful perfumes in the air around you, Perhaps the intoxicating scent of beautiful flowers. Or maybe the smell of freshly cut grass. And that can take the mind back to carefree childhood days, playing out in the sun, noticing the sounds that surround you. Perhaps leaves gently rustling in a warm breeze. Or birds singing their songs high up in those trees, or maybe the gentle flowing of a sparkling stream running along between its banks, getting a sense of the sun warming your body with further relaxation and comfort as you journey onward. And you can take a few moments now to become really aware of how beautiful and perfect your surroundings are. Perhaps the most beautiful patchwork fields with colorful flowers. Or long ears of corn that dance in the wind. Perhaps a wooded glade buzzing with bees, collecting nectar from flowers. Maybe a vividly blue, clear sky, allowing space for new possibilities. That sunshine warming your body. Perhaps a stream meandering, that calming sound of the water bubbling over rocks and pebbles. Noticing how vivid your surrounding colors can become, how the changes with the light. And you breathing in all the wonderful feelings that you experience from your surroundings. Appreciating for a moment how wonderful it is to be this relaxed and comfortable, surrounded by this perfect setting. As you continue along the path, you can begin to get a sense that the path ahead bears around to the right. And until you reach that corner, you are unable to see what lies ahead the expectation 
building. The animals nesting around you, hunting, scurrying. You're taking further steps in the right direction. Reaching that bend in the path now. New sights and surroundings coming into view. Taking a deep breath now. As you realize that this place is even more perfect than the first. Perhaps the colors are more vivid. The wonderful shape of the trees. The stream glistening even more than it did before. The sky is such a beautiful color. Taking time to really enjoy this place. Noticing the differences from the previous place and realizing why it is even more perfect, even more wonderful. Realizing that everyone has their own ideas on perfection. Thinking about that first place that you visited, how perfect it appeared to you at that time, but then <clears throat> when you turned the corner, you found a place even more special and wonderful. Accepting that if you had not turned the corner on the path, you would have been happy to spend this relaxing time in that first place, enjoying those surroundings, not needing to look for anything better. And as you enjoy what surrounds you now, you can give some thought to how all nature's creatures naturally do just what they need to do to thrive the squirrels gathering their nuts for the winter, the birds flying south. And you can do so much more than this because you are conscious of what you can do and you are capable. And you're conscious of what you're capable of. And you can be so much more effective when you are fully rounded as an individual and able to make allowances for yourself and for others. As you enjoy relaxing even further, you can think back on a time when you felt immense pleasure in something. Perhaps the early morning sun streaming through a window. Perhaps a child's smile. Or maybe relaxing on a beach. And I'd like you to really focus on that time now and the feelings you experience, and the pleasure you received from that time and how happy and comfortable it made you feel. Getting a real sense of those feelings building. That's it. And after the count of three, allow your thumb and forefinger to touch on either your left hand or your right hand, your choice. After the count of three, allow either thumb and forefinger to touch on your left hand or your right. And one, and two, and three, that thumb and forefinger touching now. Great. And allowing those feelings to intensify now, that wonderful pleasure, that happiness, feeling so relaxed and calm, really enjoying that time. Focus on those feelings now. Make them stronger 
more vivid, more real, more wonderful. Good. And again on the count of three, allowing that thumb and forefinger to come apart, allowing you to relax even further into your special place. And one. And two. And three. That thumb and forefinger coming apart now. Excellent. <coughs> okay, and allowing yourself to really relax with your surroundings. Beginning to think about that time when you felt so much pleasure in something. Thinking about when you were there and who you were with. Where you were, your surroundings, the colors, and those feelings can begin to intensify. And once again, after the count of three, that thumb and forefinger coming together. One, two, three. Bringing those feelings up even stronger this time. God. Really focusing powerfully on that time, those feelings within you. We're building even stronger, and they're building even stronger now, filling your body with a comforting calm, happiness, contentment. Good. And on the count of three, drifting back to that special place, allowing that thumb and forefinger to come apart. One, two, and three. Thumb and forefinger coming apart. Great. Very good. Getting a sense of that time as you relax in this special place. How that pleasure can build when you think about that time, when it was, where it was, perhaps the aromas that surrounded you in the air during that time, and how just thinking about it can fill you with such immense happiness and pleasure, relaxing in that pleasure so comfortably reaching every cell within you. And after the count of three, allowing that thumb and forefinger to gently touch. Once again, one, two, three, thumb and forefinger coming together. God, really experiencing those feelings intensifying within, building to a crescendo of happiness. How comforting those feelings can be reaching every part of you and surrounding you in contentment and calm, happiness and peace. And on the count of three, allowing that thumb and forefinger to come apart, one, two, three. Thumb and forefinger apart now. Excellent. Enjoying being in that special place as you begin to think about success. Success. And success is such a relative term. There can be many, many successes within an overall project along the way. And as you get a sense of those times in your life when you applied perfectionistic tendencies 
and you can just think about when and where they were and who else may have been involved, what was said, what was done during those times. thinking about those times now and how they could have been done differently by experiencing lots of mini successes on the way, allowing that thumb and forefinger to gently come together now, immersing you in deep pleasure and happiness while looking at those times differently and how things could have been done differently. And now getting a sense of drifting into your future, perhaps days or weeks ahead, noticing how much more relaxed and effective you have, been, you have become, noticing how much more satisfied you have become when you wouldn't have been before, noticing that you are enjoying life so much more. Drifting to more times in the future now, getting a sense of being able to see and hear people talking about you, complimenting you on how much you have become so much more fulfilled, genuinely more effective, more humane, watching and listening to those complimentary conversations, complimentary about you. Observe them now. And after the count of three, allowing that thumb and forefinger to come apart, once again, one, two, three, getting a sense of that total relaxation within. And in a few moments, allowing yourself to return to that pleasant place. And drifting even deeper down now. As you take a nice, slow, deep breath, and let the air out smoothly and evenly and move even deeper down. You can just wonder about the different ways that you could relax around this part of your life. Almost as if there have been places you've been holding tension, certainties, assumptions, that you can here and now let go of. Not necessarily forever, because some assumptions can be useful but that you can use this time to feel free, truly free, to look behind those assumptions, those certainties. And you might be pleasantly surprised by what you find. And whenever you experience tension in your life, you tend to hold tension in that body. And what's fascinating is that as you relax that body, not just the major muscles, not just the shoulders, not just the stomach and the back, not just the arms and the legs, but as you start to really relax all the little muscles in the body, as you loosen the jaw, as you let the eye muscles smooth out, as you let the chest rest comfortably, the muscles in the fingers, the palms of the hands as you begin to honestly let go. You discover that you're beginning to feel free to 
respond in a new way. Like shaking off an old heavy suit of armor that you've been carrying around. And piece by piece, shaking off that clanking heavy metal, feeling the fresh air and sunlight hit the left arm. And then the right. Feeling that sunshine on the left leg. And now the right. pulling off the helmet, taking off the chest piece as you shake it all off and breathe deeply and feel so light and free. That's it. As you relax even more profoundly now. And once upon a time long ago, there was a rich merchant. And when he died, he left his three sons 17 camels between them with very specific instructions about how they should divide them. And to the eldest son, he left half the camels. And to the middle child, he left a third. And to the youngest, he left a ninth. And it could be that the merchant wasn't thinking straight when he made his will, or perhaps he knew more than he let on. But you might have noticed that 17 camels cannot be divided by a half, or a third, or a ninth. And the three sons certainly noticed this straight away. And the more they thought about it and how each could get their rightful share, the more struck they became. For surely their father couldn't have wanted them to kill some of the camels. And surely there must be an answer, a way for them all to get their fair share. But they just couldn't work it out. So they went to see a wise woman who lived outside the town and explained their problem to her. And she said, well, I don't know if I can solve your problem, but I do know that people call me wise. And they think this because I am old, and I have seen so many things over the years. But what they don't know is that I am wise because I remember how to be young. You see, you three young men all know what it was like to be young, even younger than you are now, when you were just children. And she looked at each one of them in turn, straight in the eye, and continued. And you can remember when your voice was higher, when you looked at the big people around you, when you learned new games to play, when you drew pictures in the sand. And as you listen to these words and wonder what the wise woman said next, you can also wonder what it's like to be able to listen to a soothing conversation just over there about childhood about learning, about all the things you realized over the years that you once didn't know, how this connects to that, how the letters of the alphabet connect to words, and how things work, and how as children we're so willing to make all sorts of connections, to see things in ways that adults can miss, like the little girl watching, amazed, as a truck that had taken a wrong turn got itself jammed under a low bridge, completely stuck, couldn't go forward, couldn't reverse. And the fire people, the firemen were standing around, puzzling about what to do. Perhaps they should chip away some of the bridge to free it. But who would have the tools to do that? When the little girl looked up with her wide, innocent eyes and asked one of the firemen, Why don't you just let some air out of the tires? 
and there's a kind of magic and humor in coming up with ridiculous suggestions in wondering what fictional characters would do, what cartoon characters would do, what celebrities and geniuses would do, in wondering what would make the situation far, far worse, or what would solve it in a second, where you just let your mind wander and roam. And that can change your thinking at a deep level. And as you bring to mind a particular area of your life, perhaps a problem, perhaps a project, as you begin to childishly wonder through all the other avenues of thought and creativity, of comedy, of foolish ideas just for the sake of it, because you can do this with no expectations, just in the knowledge that you're beginning to free up your thinking, to free up your mind, to revitalize your creativity. And in the days and weeks ahead, as you notice new perspectives forming in your mind, you might ask yourself, if it's this beneficial just to think in more flexible ways, what will it be like to live in more flexible ways, to begin to do new things just for the sake of bringing novelty to your mind, of waking it up, to travel to work by a new route, to buy some music you wouldn't normally buy, to read a different newspaper for a day, to try different food, to introduce novelty randomly into your days, I wonder when you'll discover the wonderful benefits of doing this because they might not be immediately apparent. You might just notice you feel that much more alive and aware. And as you approach life's challenges with ever-growing creativity and flexibility, you can just wonder about all the ways you're training your mind to be more brilliant, in ways you couldn't possibly predict. Allowing yourself to make mistakes, giving yourself permission to do things different ways. This is going to enhance your productivity, your work, your hobbies, and even your relationships. As you become more able to connect with varieties of people and offer them fresh perspectives. And the wise old woman concluded what she had to say to those young men about how to integrate young eyes and a young mind with life experience to be truly flexible by inviting them to come outside with her where they would find the answer they sought. And with twinkling eyes, she pointed to her own camel and said, There is the answer. I give it to you. And the astonished young men found that 18 camels will indeed divide by two and by three and by nine. 
and when the eldest son has taken, had taken his nine camels, and the middle son his six, and the youngest his two, they realized that two plus six plus nine makes seventeen. So in laughing gratitude, they took the remaining camels back to the old woman as a gift. Now you can bring these changes with you into waking consciousness right now. Free from that old armor and filled with the lightness and energy of fresh ideas, a new perspective that can feel so good. And you allow it to feel good as you prepare to become wide awake. That's it. By noticing the position of your body and the sensation of the surface you're resting on. And as you reorient yourself to this present moment and your surroundings, and you can just come all the way back now. And as you open up your eyes, one, two, three, four, five, eyes open, wide awake, you might enjoy a nice stretch and a big smile as you wonder how you are going to see things differently from now on. Welcome back. Oh, perfect. All right. And as I mentioned, all of this will be available in a day or two. Or two excuse me. <coughs> I made it. I made it. I'm almost completely out of voice now, and I'm squeaky. I sound like squeaky from, but I made it. <laughs> and I hope you take risks. I hope you allow yourself to make mistakes. I hope you take the perspective of a growth mindset. And allow yourself to learn from things. And I hope you, you take a beautiful piece of paper and you write that tenet, that tenet of NLP on it, that one of those basic tenets. There is no such thing as failure. Only feedback. And frame it and put it in a beautiful place where you can see it. To remind yourself that life is full of grays. And that you will know you will know when a situation is black and white, when it is truly 100% right or 100% wrong. And you will realize when that's not the case, when there's room for movement and flexibility and change. And I do hope that you will take a different route to work and eat a diff different restaurant and introduce creativity and flexibility and learning into your life and embrace it and enjoy it and move it forward into your life from this day on. And that is my wish for you. And I'm going to close for today. I know I usually would open the lines and say a couple of words and share some thoughts. Email me those thoughts, if you will, because my voice is shot <laughs> and I'm done. Uh, have a beautiful evening. Sleep well. Good night.